the long run, passivity won't pay off. It never pays off. If you want a life of meaning and transcendence, you're going to have to move. Aggression doesn't have to be toxic or damaging. Healthy aggression risks. It builds new things. It breaks through barriers. It's the key to living a life that matters. I'm Brian Tome, and this is The Aggressive Life. As a man thinketh, so is he. That's one of my favorite verses out of the book of Proverbs. Whatever we think is what's going to happen. Sounds like some new age hippie mumbo jumbo to some. Sounds maybe a little too easy, a little too good to be true. Well, it's actually true. I found it to be the case in my life and a bunch of people's lives who I've interacted with. What you think about determines the trajectory of your life. If you expect to fail, you're going to fail. If you expect to work hard on the road to making stuff happen, you may actually make it happen. You know, when it comes to living an aggressive life, your mind is incredibly powerful. And too many of us either ignore it or we use it incorrectly. Today, I have a guest who's going to help set us straight. Jim Hensel is an author. He's a speaker, a teacher, and a coach. What type of coach? a mindset coach, a guy who can help us think so we can be. Jim has a level one CrossFit certification. He works alongside guys like Rich Froning, who's been named America's most fittest man, or the world's most fittest man a number of times, I believe. Uh, Michael Chandler, who's one of my favorite guests and MMA champion. He's the developer of Mayhem Mindset, a curriculum to help everyday people harness the power of mindset to help them achieve their goals. I can't wait to See how he's going to push us today. Welcome to The Aggressive Life, Jim Hensel. Brian, thank you, sir. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, I was I was really nervous that by now I would have called you Jim Henson. You know, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. You're not. Don't seem like the kind of guy who likes to have puppets on your hand. Nah, it wouldn't be the, the first time or probably the last time. You're good. <laughs> well, so before we go anywhere, let's start with the obvious. What exactly is a mindset coach? You know, I... I read, I read some of the show notes that uh, your producer sent me, and I think what I'm going to talk to you about today is going to throw you for a loop, um, and it's not going to be what you expect. What I do is something that's very different than most coaches, and I'm excited to share it with you. Um, so 25 share, years share ago, away. T- 25 years ago, my wife left me, and I had two children. They were three and five years old, and... And in that darkest time in my life, I realized I didn't know what to do next. I didn't have a clue. Um, the things that I thought that I believed in, they weren't mine. They were my dad's, maybe the pastor at the church. Um, and I was really struggling with, I don't know what to do. My emotions were out of control and I didn't know what to do next. Um, I put my kids to sleep one night um, and I popped in the movie Gladiator. Have you watched Gladiator? Have I watched Gladiator? Okay, Are you questioning question. whether or not I'm an my, American my male and whether or yeah. not I have testosterone? Right? I may have low T compared to my 20, when I was 25, but oh my goodness. Yes, I've seen the Gladiator. This is the aggressive life. You're going to ask me right. if I've seen that movie? Right. I won't make that mistake again. All right. But this is so long ago that it's VHS days, right? So I popped this, I popped this tape in and... And the scene where Maximus is facing Commodus 
on the Coliseum floor and he's fighting anonymously. His wife has been murdered, his son has been murdered, and he's basically a slave now and stripped of all his rights. And Commodus does not know who Maximus is. And, and Maximus is now the champion of the people and they're squared off and they're looking at each other and, and Commodus tells Maximus, who are you? Tell me who you are. And Maximus tries to walk away and Commodus you know, orders him to turn around and Maximus pops off his helmet and he says in this moment, my name is Maximus Aurelius Decimus, general of the Felix Legions. And he goes and he defines himself. What Maximus says is, in a nutshell, this is who I am, this is what I believe. And I will have my revenge. And this is what I'm going to do. And he finished, I will have my yeah. revenge in this life or the next. I had that whole thing memorized yeah. at one point. Sorry, I interrupt you. Go yeah. ahead. No, this is, this is who I am, what I believe, and what I'm going to do. And in this, this time where I, had, I, I, I didn't have any traction, everything that I thought I believed in wasn't authentic. I was really a poser. I did not really know what to do next. I said to myself, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do that. I'm going to define myself just like that. For about six months, I worked hard to figure out and put into language what was purpose for my life, not for you or for any other man, but for me. And then I defined, I created a list of 10 core values that represented my strengths, my emotional weaknesses, and my ideals, the wants that I had in my life. So I was, my values really surrounded me, my whole being. And then I wrote myself a mission statement. Then I had a guy who was a friend of mine draw me a crest or a tattoo, and I tattooed it on my arm. And every choice or decision from that moment forward went through the filter of what I called the strength and honor code after the movie. It was not for any other person on the face of the planet, but, but in 30 seconds, I could clearly define myself. So it, it didn't really matter who I was standing in front of or what the situation was moving forward. I could tell you, this is who I was. This is who I am. This is what I believe. And this is what I'm going to do. And my life straightened out. And from there, it kind of grew into, I went back to, to, to helping out at a high school football program. And I realized, well, shoot, man, let me help some of these young men define themselves. Let me help them start to figure out who they are and quantify what their strongest beliefs uh, what they what they are. And, and then it grew from there to kind of a private practice at Starbucks where I had a bunch of guys showing up. And I just looked back at my life and what I went through, the process that I went through to my, define myself, and it became a little workbook. And I just put it, started putting those each one of the men that I would work with through the same challenges. And they would write their own personal code. I wouldn't tell anybody what to believe, but I was challenging each one of those people. Hey, man, let's take a look in the mirror. Look for details in your life. Where are you strong? Where are you weak? And then this idea of core values. I'm calling on, on what a lot of people say about what they believe. If you can't put it in language, it's not a tool. Yeah. Don't tell me what you believe and then not be able to live it out or walk it out in your life. And, and so it started there and then I became a player development coach and I used that process at a couple of different universities and now I get a chance to work with you know business people and and guys like Mike and Rich. So what's your 30 so, second mantra for yourself? My name is James Dean Hensel. I'm the son of God created with purpose. I'm the son of Myron Hensel, a man who would not be moved. I'm the husband of Kristen Hensel, fish girl. I'm the father of Taylor, Brittany Hensel, daughters of promise. I'm a challenger, exhorter, and an encourager born to fight. I will run to the battle for in the battle I find peace. I commit to live my life anchored in my values. I commit to make choices and decisions based on my code. I believe in fight, work, hope, faith, team, family, excellence, purpose, responsibility, love, freedom, and self-discipline. And the strength and honor code says, 
I have the strength to do what is right. Honor is the foundation of my code. I commit to live my life anchored in my values. I will represent myself, my family, my country with the character and dignity necessary to serve with purpose and with hope. I'm ready to hit somebody right now. I'm, gl I'm glad you're not here right now. I would be chest bumping you. That is great. There you go. There you go. That's what Maximus did, right? But here's the challenge. This is what's amazing about that. And I do this when I get up in, in front of people and I speak and I go places, I'll get up and I'll define myself and the room will go quiet. Everything that I just said to you that's in that simple language took months to define. Every one of those words means something. When I talk about who my father is to me, a man who would not be moved, it's very important, very personal. When I say my wife is Kristen Hensel, fish girl, that doesn't make sense to somebody else, but it's really powerful to who we are in our life. When I say my daughters are daughters of promise, that's really important in my life. And when I talk about being in the battle, that's what I believe is purpose in my life. You heard me say three words to challenge, exhort, and encourage. That's personally what I believe I was designed to do on this planet. That's my job. It's not the do or the task or the job in my life, but it's who I was born to be. And then when I go through those values, each one of those values is clearly defined. I could give a, a lecture or a sermon about my core values and what they are in my life. Um, and then the code at the end. So um, this, is, this is what I do with athletes. This is what I do with business people. I want you to stop and slow down. Maybe you're in a transition. Um, and, and maybe you're, you're trying to work on this idea of vision for your life. Before you talk about what, what you want to do next, stop and define yourself. Let's make sure your core values are organized. Let's make sure that it's written and it's in language that you understand so you can actually use it. I think the only word that you're using, and, and you're using it in a obviously has teeth to it, but I've just found the word values is just a very weak word um, because uh, we've all have values. We've seen value statements on the walls of our businesses and stuff like that. And, and they just don't seem to have any bite. Why is that? Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, I've got companies that hired me to come in. I've, I've worked with, with uh, athletic programs and you walk in on the wall and they have a code, a mission statement or a value and what you're saying is actually true most of the time. There's no, there's no teeth to it because it's not personal. It's not something that's connected to first purpose. So you know, people don't understand what that means. And then those values haven't been personally defined. It's just five or six people got in a room and they picked out 10 neat words that they thought would sound good and they put them on a wall. That's not what we're doing here. Mayhem Mindset is a 13-week process, and in the beginning, we don't talk about values at all. I, you face these challenges, and I throw some things at you that are really important to get you to do some journaling and some writing about emotion in your life, and then about your strongest beliefs in your life, about stories that, that run and themes that run in your life, and we kind of have these, we have these weekly challenges that kind of hit you, and I get you to journal a little bit and write about that, and then every challenge comes with a mindset tool a tool that you can actually use to, to practically apply that in your life. And then we get to the end of the process. We go back through all that writing and you're gonna find themes of your strongest beliefs through this process. Most people can't even name four core values, three or four core values in their life when they start. I've never had anybody be able to define themselves like I just did. So your mindset, mindset for you isn't 
hey, I'm waking up today and I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm going to choose to be positive. We can choose, we can make those choices perhaps, but you're, you're, you're talking more about these are the things that I'm going to put on the front of my mind that are going to translate into what my limbs do today. Is that right? Yeah, so in the culture that we live in, when people talk about, talk about creating a vision for their life, um, I don't think they do that right. When somebody talks about vision, they start with goals, systems, rules, um, how they do things. And I think that's a mistake. That's halfway in the middle of the process. Like creating a vision has to start first with the foundation. It has to start with purpose, understanding what your personal purpose is. And I don't believe purpose is something that you find. I don't believe there's, there's a pot of purpose and there's some rainbow somewhere and you can just run around and find it. And there's so much written today about trying to figure out purpose in our life. I believe purpose is defined, it's not found. And purpose is in your design. You were created with purpose and we have to discover that. So we wanna figure out what that is. And then I can prove to you this idea of values is important because every mature person that I know is trying to make their choices and decisions based on their strongest beliefs. We're all doing it. We just don't stop a lot of the time to figure out really what are those strongest beliefs and how can I make them powerful and how can I make them force multipliers in my life? Faith happens to be an anchor value in my life, but I had to work hard to define that. I was really mixed up about some of that early in my life. I've decided that faith starts with a personal relationship for me with God and religion, I've defined religion as rules without a relationship. So a lot of times when people come into this process, they can only quote a scripture or a slogan or some motivational thing that somebody else has said, and it's not really authentic and they're not connected to it. So the idea through mindset is to be able to figure out who you are and what you believe and then connect to it in an authentic way so you can use it in your life. So let's take a guy like, um, well, our mutual friend, Michael Chandler, who I, I just allowed him to have a boost in his self-esteem. And I allowed him to beat me in thumb wrestling because I just felt bad. He just had this little weenie girl thumb, and I just didn't want to dominate him. But, you know, he, he's, got, he's got some physical abilities. Let's take a guy like Michael, who obviously had, some, had to have had some accomplishments and some mojo before he came to you. I assume he came to you long after he was six mm -hmm. years old. What, what does a, a person who's doing okay in life, what are some of the things that they find through your mindset coaching that takes them to a new place? Um, Michael came to me specifically because a, a lot of times in a professional athlete's life, they, they begin to let what they're doing define them. Mm. Hey, Michael, if I took fighting away from you, who the hell are you? And, and, and that causes them to pause. I work with a lot of professional athletes who are in some sort of transition away from sport and they've allowed that to define themselves. I work with business guys who, who, who made it. Uh, got one, the last guy sold his business for $110 million and, and he sells the business and the business is gone and he doesn't know why he, he didn't have a reason to be alive. You know, They allowed what they were doing, the job or the task or the emotion to be what defined them instead of there being something else. If I strip all that away from you, if I take your championships from you and you're alone, I take everything that you believe in away from you, if, if like, like Maximus, your wife was gone, who are you and what do you believe in that dark time? And so Michael comes to me because there were a couple things. One, he wanted to organize his value system and his language to prepare for when he's done being a fighter. He wanted to begin to lay the groundwork for the future. And then he wanted the platform that he has now 
He wanted to be powerful. He wanted his words to be intentional, and he wanted to be really clear about what he was saying so that he could use that platform in a way that was something that he felt was more purposeful. And so we went through this whole entire process with that in mind, and he sharpened some of his mindset stuff for sure and some of the techniques that he uses, and then he gained a ton of clarity about this idea of purpose outside of fighting. So I know that you're, this is your your way you put, one of the ways you put food in the table. I know you've got a whole sure. drawn out system, but we, we can't have this be a 30 minute advertisement for people to go to you. We're gonna advertise for you in a moment. I'd love for you to pick up some business. Yeah. But coach us right now, man. Just, just think right now, the average person who's listening to the aggressive life, male, female, 20 and broke, 60 and gajillionaire, just like speak to us for a moment. Like assume that we might be feeling this and therefore we need to do that. Assume that we would be having these values, but we need to have that values. Are there, are there certain like macro things you can speak into us you found true again and again? Yeah, I think the very first thing um, that changed my entire life um, was understanding, well, was separating my emotion and how I felt from being able to be a critical thinker. And those are two very different things. And understanding for me personally, understanding the science, how our body was designed and how it worked. I, I played football all the way through college, so I had a chance to, to experience sports and so I kind of understood what that was and, and knew what that was. So for me, um, the biggest thing that I realized was, holy smokes, everything that I'm doing in life, all my choices and decisions are being based on emotion or momentum. Those are the two things that really run my life. And this idea of being a critical thinker, I don't, it, it just takes so much for me to stop and get over there, to slow down and to make a choice or a decision that's really connected more to what I believe is valuable. And so this awakening in my life caused me to do some research. And, and what I found out was, well, holy smokes, the way our bodies are designed, we feel first. The limbic part yes. of your brain, simply, this is very simple, but the limbic part of your brain fires first and it deals with emotion. The neocortex kicks in second and it puts language to what you believe. And so what I really realized was if I didn't do the work to put language, to have language to this idea of values, then, then I was lost in what I now call the matrix. I was lost in momentum and emotion. And I didn't want that. It had, it had led me to the place I was at where I was in serious trouble relationship-wise and where I was headed. So I wanted somehow to be able to arrest that. So I created a system for myself. Feel, filter, think, flow. See it out in front of you. Feel, filter, think, flow. I'm a systems guy. So I need, I, okay, so I know I'm feeling first. I have to acknowledge that feeling and I have to do something to capture those thoughts. Now, life, life we, we know that life and emotion gives life meaning. We know that for sure. In our personal relationships, the, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, emotions are important. But I need to be able to, in many cases, make choices and decisions because my emotions had betrayed me and they will betray you. So this idea of developing the filter, the filter is what I call your B, capital B-E. That's your values, your talents, and your purpose. You need to be able to feel, you need to be able to filter through that understanding in your life so that you can think clearly, critical thinking, and then what you do is based on that whole system. And that's, that's to me what happened in the, in the beginning. And I, I went back through life and began to look at all my choices and decisions. Where were the places in my life 
or I wish I would have made a choice based on a value, what would my faith have had to say? What would hard work have had to say? What would the value of fight had to say instead of what I was feeling? And when I began to understand that, that I was wired that way and I needed to be able to learn to manage that, it changed my entire life. So that's where I start somebody and that's where the course starts. So it starts with just because I'm feeling it doesn't mean it's true. Just because I'm feeling it, it doesn't mean that's what I need to do. It's it's putting your feelings, your emotions in the proper place. That's good. Yeah. And yeah. What, what's, what's another thing that you see people, a mistake you see us doing or a tool that we could be using as far as getting the right mindset and trying to win? You know, one of the, one of the biggest tools that I use in my life is, I call it the grace versus truth tool. It is my nature and my design to end up honestly in any sort of conversation coming at people with the truth. And when I was young and I didn't understand that, I told you my purpose words are to challenge, to exhort, and to encourage. That's what I believe was my design. That's why I'm on this planet. And so it's natural for me to listen to somebody and tell them the truth. And when I was young and I hadn't connected that to values, it just kind of made me an mm. I just started telling people the truth all the time, whether they wanted it or not. Mm-hmm. And that was super immature. Yeah. And so, so, but my purpose is, you can think about me as a coach. I'm living in purpose to coach, to teach, to challenge, to exhort, to encourage. It just pours out of the middle of who I am. So I created this tool, grace versus truth. Truth on one side is the way I'm defining it here for me in this tool is that you're 100% accountable. I'm asking you the truth and I have a responsibility and a rule and you, that's what you have to do. Grace clear on the other side of this spectrum is I got you. You're not accountable. You're 100. I'm going to carry you as a matter of fact. And every conversation that I started to go into, I used this tool to decide where I was supposed to be on that spectrum. Do I need to be over here in grace with this person? Do I need to be somewhere in the middle? Or do I need to be over here in the truth? And as I use this tool, grace versus truth in my life, I began to approach the people in my life in a way that was connected to something that was valuable. Look, here's the deal. If you want to live in purpose, there are two things that have to happen, period, end of story. One, you got to do something hard. And two, you have to make a sacrifice. That's what real, real purpose lies through adversity mm. and giving to somebody else. Mm. And one of the biggest and most simple things that we could, I could talk to somebody about was, hey, man, it's not about you. Get outside of your ego. Get outside of self. And the quickest way to do that is, one, to be be full of gratitude and then decide to help somebody else. I was, I was literally, I was, I was, I went to church one Sunday and a female pastor, her and her husband were great friends of mine. And they, they ran kind of the children's department at the church. I went to probably a church about 5,000, 6,000 people. So it wasn't a little church. And this is right after my wife left and I am and moaning to her and and, uh, and, I'm, and I had a right to. I didn't do anything for my wife to leave me. I just really didn't. You know, it wasn't like people would look at the situation and say, you deserve to be left. And, and I've been complaining. And she looked at me and she froze. And she said, you know, she froze. And she said, I'm tired of listening to you complain. I'm tired of hearing you complain. You know what you're going to do? You're going to show up. I need a kindergarten teacher. I got 40 kindergartners down the hall with a needed teacher. And if you're going to get through this, you're going to have to give to somebody else. You're going to have to get outside your ego and your, your emotion. You're going to have to think about somebody else. And if you'll do that, you'll work your way to this problem. So I'll see you Sunday morning and you're going to teach this class. I did that for 
for four years. Mm. And I, I, I learned with kindergartners how to begin to serve somebody else. So basics, basics are, yeah, we need to, we need to pay attention on how to control our emotions and create tools to do that. We need to make sure that we understand that living in purpose is a challenge and it requires a sacrifice for sure. And then we need to get good with what our values are and they need to be something that represents our strengths, our weaknesses and our ideals so we can, we can use them and they stay alive. So or do you have uh, any relationship at all with your ex-wife? I do. Um, my, it's, a, it's a really good story. It's a happy ending story. My, you know, I had known her since I was seven and we've been married for 10 years, and, uh, and she did a great job. She, she, went, out, she went out and kind of uh, stumbled and, and struggled and, and then kind of came back, and she's been a, an outstanding mother to our daughters, and, and my, daughters, my daughters are 26 and 28, and they're, they're crushing life. They're out, they're out doing amazing things. But I would think with the, with the mindset, this is, you know, the mindset, I think there's, there's really big things, and then there's really uh, the smaller, more pesky things. You know, I've had some... I've had some issues with, you know, with uh, in my marriages, all marriages have. Our last few years have been, we've had some significant challenges the last few years. And, you know, there's times where I could say, hey, man, I, I didn't bring any of this stuff on to myself. But then I realized, well, you know, my mindset in terms of how I treated my wife wasn't the right thing. My mindset in terms of how things need to be revolving around me in the house wasn't necessarily conducive to her feeling loved and valued. My my mindset about, you know, all, all those things. They're, they're kind of small, mm-hmm. quote unquote, small pesky things. But man, you do, you do feel those things over time. It really, it really corrodes, corrodes relationships. Would you agree with that? 100%. Yeah. I think for me, because, because this, is, this is what I created for my life, I, you want to talk about my wife specifically. I, I see my wife, everything has to go through the lens of the value that's the most important in my relationship with my wife. And I see my wife through the lens of the value sacrifice. Yeah. And, and my wife and I don't really have a lot in common, honestly. She's a very graceful, gracious person, and I, I don't have a tendency to be that kind of a person. And she likes to go hiking, and I don't give two hecks about hiking. And, um, you know, she likes to go purse shopping, and I don't care about purses. Um, so there's, you know, when it comes to some of the things that we do, um, but the, the value that she has in my life, you know, um, it's something that I recognize and I'm paying attention to and I'm aware of. And when I, and when I think about her, uh, I'm willing to, because of who I am and what I believe, make a sacrifice. So I, I was down in Nashville purse shopping with my wife. <laughs> Good for you. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and one of the athletes that I was coaching when I was coaching at Tennessee Tech, he sees me. He sees me, and I don't know that he sees me. And I'm standing there holding five or six purses, you know. <laughs> and and he gets on me in front of everybody in our position meeting when I, you know, the, the next Monday, like, "Hey, coach, man, I saw you purse shop. You know, I saw you, I saw you holding those purses from your wife." And and they all started laughing. And I looked at him, you know, and it was okay. It was funny. And I said, "Do do you think I really give two bleeps about purses?" And they all just kind of froze. You think I really care about purses? No. What I care about is my wife. That's what I care about. I care about how she feels and what her emotion is. And so, yeah, I'm going purse shopping. Yeah, um, that's great. And it's an easy thing to do on a Saturday, you know? Yeah, it is. Well, speaking of easy, easy things to do, I understand CrossFit's pretty easy to do. You're, 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 yeah. you're level one, level one certification. What is level one certification in CrossFit? 
You know, level one certification on Snake Trust, it's not that big of a deal. It's just CrossFit has levels of certification. And when you reach your, you get your level one, then it means that you're, you pass the test and you're qualified to coach. So let's talk CrossFit for a minute. You're, you're my first, uh, legit CrossFit fit guy I've had. I'm sure I had other people who do CrossFit, but not really the credentials. If I land rich one day, I'll maybe dig into some different things. But here's the thing, man, CrossFit, like, Am I a slacker because I'm not doing CrossFit? Because I always, I always feel like I'm not as cool as you guys. That's funny. No, man. You know what? When it comes to when it comes to fitness, I think that that what everybody needs to do is different. And that I think honestly, the most important thing is that you're having fun. You figure out something that you want to do that 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 you're excited about and makes you happy. And um, yes. And so that's kind of what we push. Well, you're the first person who's legitimately qualified to answer that question. Who's answered it? in a way that I like. I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I just want to kind of transition away a little bit into the maybe the, the physical. We've talked about the mental, let's talk about the physical here. Yeah. Because a lot of yeah. us have, we've come out of, you know, COVID-19, we've got the quarantine 19 mm. going on. Things are just different for us. And uh, I've, I I just feel like the most important thing for me physically is to do something that I'll keep doing. And I feel, yeah. when someone starts pushing me on CrossFit, or, yeah, you ought to do this, you ought to do that. I, I know, I'm sure I do it. But you know, the fact, the fact of the matter is, I'm 54 freaking years old and I'm still doing the thing. So freaking back off. Sp- yeah. Speak for me or go ahead and challenge me on the other side of this. What, what, do, you, what do you think? No, man, I, I really honestly can't. I mean, that's really what we push. I mean, I'm, I'm around a lot of CrossFit athletes who are the professional athletes. And so just like any other professional athlete, that's what they're doing to make a living. And there are inherent risks in that for them, just like if you were a football player or a baseball player or a cage fighter. Um, one of the things that's, that's really unique about CrossFit is it's scalable. And so we here at CrossFit Mayhem, we have classes that are mostly retired senior citizens. And so, you know, we, 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 everybody has an opportunity to scale something and do something that's at their speed. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's super important that people understand what, Rich Froning's doing as a professional athlete is not what everybody else is doing at the CrossFit gym. Mm. Um, so I think that's important, but but 100%, I'm behind. I think you got to stay moving. Yes. I think you got to get your heart rate up for about 20 minutes, and you got to do something that you're going to enjoy that makes you happy. Um, and that's not CrossFit for everybody, and that's okay. Now, yeah. All right. Thank you. I feel less guilty. You're a good coach. <laughs> you're a good mindset coach. Thank you. There Thank you, you Jim. Thank you very much. That's good. So and before I go to the lightning round, we're going to go to the lightning round. I'll give you the rules of the lightning round in a moment. But anything else okay. you want to just, like, give us some coaching on? I'm going to have you plug your stuff at the end. But anything just just coaching, you would say, hey, Brian, you got to be asking me about this. Hey, man, I, I need to be talking about this, whether it's push-up form or mental uh, meditation. Anything else you definitely want to talk about that we haven't talked about so far? I, I, I really, especially right now, where we're at, Right now, as a nation, and and even as a world, I'm 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 challenging and asking people to slow down and to take stock in the things that they really believe in. And I know that sounds simple, but it's it's a big deal. What what COVID nineteen did? I, I put more people in the Mayhem Mindset course in two months than I have ever. And what happened was that so many people make all their choices and decisions based on momentum or they make all their choices based on a certain system that that works in their life, or they make all their choices and decisions based on some rules in their life. And when that changes, what do you got? 
Yeah. What's left when all that's done is really purpose in your life and what you believe. And, and so I'm, I'm always challenging people, hey man, like, let's just say, let's just say I had the ability to, to put you in front of 5,000 people and tell you to define yourself. What I want is purpose in your life. I want you to talk to me about what your strongest beliefs are. Ready? And let's do that in less than a minute. Go. Yeah, that's a good word. You know, you, 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 you've dabbled around, uh, around uh, religion a bit, spirituality. I like how you define religion mm-hmm. a lot. Um, mm-hmm. There is, and you, you termed it in terms of rules. Here's the rules. Man, there's, there are... It's like every time I turn around, there's some pastor or some somebody who's renouncing their faith or who's not a Christian anymore or they're now in a... And, and what I realized for these folks, a number of things happening, one of them is their faith was only about their beliefs. It was like, well, I'm a mm-hmm. Christian, mm-hmm. so I have to believe this. I have to mm-hmm. believe that the world was created however many times ago or, or I have to believe that this is what the Bible teaches about my salvation or I have to... And, and they've not... They have a set of beliefs that then starts to crumble when life's reality hits us because our faith isn't about having the right answer on a multiple choice theology test. It's about something that forces us to move. So our our faith, having faith is not, I have some stupid beliefs that science can disprove. No, having faith is I've got an understanding there's something I cannot see and it's going to mm-hmm. cause me to move. It's going to cause me to go forward. And I think you spoke to that really, really well. And one of the reasons why uh, the Christian faith is, in many circles, in declines, because people yeah. don't understand the Christian faith. The Christian faith is not about faithfully believing things. It's about faithfully encountering Man, a God who's real. I think I, I, like to, I like to talk about aiming at your truth, and that's the, this idea of truth. And my definition, it's always important to define terms, my definition of truth is that it's highly functional. That's, that's what truth means to me. It works. And so if you're a faith guy, well, then it's got to work. And if you're a hard work guy, well, then it's got to work. All those things have to be highly functional. And I'm not interested in anything that doesn't make me better during the course of the week. My salvation, as far as I'm concerned, has been taken care of. There was a sacrifice that was made for me, so that's not on the table anymore. But I do control my attitude and my effort on this planet and is my goal to finish strong. And whatever happens after I'm dead is whatever happens. I'm not overly concerned about that. If God's not big enough to figure that out, he's not a very big God. So I, I hope to arrive and stand in front of him and whatever that means is whatever that means. And what I wanna hear is, honestly, I'll tell you what I wanna hear. Jim, you did a good job. I'm proud of you, son. Mm. You came back, you screwed it up for 25 years. You got yourself organized, you figured out your point of reference and your aim and you came hard. You came hard and you played offense. You were dangerous and you made a difference in the people's lives that you, that, that you touched. Um, and that, that to me, aim at your truth. It has to work. It has to be functional. That's, that's what it means to me. That's really good. You know, it, it, it strikes me as you just blow that out a little bit more, Jim, is that's basically what Jesus did. You had the two things earlier, difficulty and sacrifice. If you're going to be on purpose, you got to have those things. And that's what, that's what he was about, right? I mean, he comes down to the yeah. earth and it's all about difficulty. He's got to be stoving his fingers and his toes and obviously getting beaten and he sacrificed his life. So it's an interesting way to kind of come back around to that is, you know, we're never going to have a sacrifice. We're going to get nailed to a cross. Hopefully not. The believers yeah. in the first century uh, did, yeah. but hopefully not us. But that's a really good, a really good push to be asking me, what am I doing 
that difficult and not seeing difficulty is the enemy. Difficulty is the sign that I'm going the right direction and not to be upset when I got to lose stuff. No, you got to lose stuff. Yeah. You got to sacrifice stuff. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. All right. Great stuff, man. I could, I could have a preach fest with you today. This, this is good. Let's, right let's go to the lightning round. Are you ready for the lightning round? Here's the rules of the lightning round. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you something, and you need to answer it as quickly as possible. We're talking like one or two sentences. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. You're the, co- you're the co-host of Froning and Friends alongside uh, Rich Froning. If someone were to watch or listen to that podcast, what's your favorite episode so far? I love all the early ones because we didn't have a freaking clue. Um, you know, it's a little bit polished now. We got better equipment. And, but if you watch the, the first lightning uh, round, two or three, it's four. It's a lightning round. You're giving an right, exhortation. Lightning round. Let's go. Chop, chop. Watch the first three. All right. When it comes to mindset, who's the most mentally tough person you know? My mom. <laughs> uh, see, I always want to ask more when someone has it. But I was like, okay. Okay. Who's your hero when it comes to mindset? Oh, shoot. Um, I don't know that I have one hero. Um, well, I love stro- what Michael Chandler's on about. The podcast. I love stro- what Michael Chandler's, I love what Rich Froning's about. Those are guys who actually walk that out and live that out. Most aggressive move you've made in your career? When my youngest daughter graduated and went to, to, to college, regular high school went to college, I sold everything I owned. And I lived in the camper for one year. And that's where I organized all of this into what it is now. So I, I, I literally had, I sold everything, sold my home, sold my wow. business, sold it all, and got committed to making this be something. Wow. On the road to the success, so if someone wants to be on that road, biggest roadblock for the normal person? Biggest roadblock for anybody's ego itself. Aggressive move that you regret. Oh, you know, shoot, early, early, I, I, I did stupid stuff with my money, especially even in business. I didn't get the help that I needed initially. Um, and so if I could go back and do that over, I'd have got some help sooner. Personal achievement you're most proud of? Being a dad. No question. <laughs> uh, that is a good one. Uh, one more. Easiest first step someone should take today to get control of their mind? Get a sheet of paper. Write down two negative emotions that seem to define you. For me, it was worry. And then think about a value that's the opposite of that negative emotion. For me, it was hope. When I began to worry, I captured that first thought. And even though I felt worried, the commitment that I had was to do what a hopeful man would do. And I worked hard at that until my first thought became hope figure out what a couple of negative emotions are and then and then figure out what a couple of values are that you can re, you can use to replace that emotion and then go through a week and every time you feel that emotion be committed to responding with a value Jim this has been great this has been really good uh if people want to follow up with you, if they want to connect with you, if they want to get in touch with some of the services you offer and provide, books, podcasts, yada, 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 how, give people uh, a, a little boost going forward on yeah, that. Yeah, just go to mayhemmindset.com. Everything you need's right there. Well, I'll tell you what, it's great having somebody on the podcast who knows who the heck he is, knows where the heck he's going. 
It's great having someone in the podcast who swore a little bit. I liked it. Huh. I like it a lot. I did. It's great having somebody in the podcast who uh, who I know I could do more push-ups than as well. It really is. It's uh, it's been. I don't know. <laughs> now you're challenging me. Now you're challenging me. <laughs> no man, this has been really good. Uh, no wonder Michael spoke highly of you. I'm glad he connected us, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll connect up again in the future. Shoot, man, I might might even come to you. How many how many 54 year olds do you have coming to you that are doing okay but might need a little extra boost? That might be a client of yours. We'll see. I'm 51. It'd be good. Get in here. We'll mix it up. You're welcome anytime. You're close. You are not 51. I'm looking at your I'm face. 51. You're, you're 51. Yeah, 51 Take, years old. All right, impressive. Your mindset stuff is keeping you. Sp- Svelte and wrinkle-free on your face. I'm liking it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys and girls, there we have it today. I'm glad you're with us today. Hey, get, get a hold of your mind, man. You control your mind. No one else controls your mind. You can't take what Jim took uh, said to you and just write it on a sheet of paper. You got to actually do it. You got to actually think it, and you got to actually move. You do that, you'll be one of the aggressive ones, and your life will go someplace. We'll see you next time on The Aggressive Life. Hey, thanks for listening. For more aggressive living, head over to bryantome.com. Get signed up for the mailing list to get regular shots of positive aggression sent straight to your inbox. And while you're there, you can also find articles, podcasts, and books. I'm also active on Instagram. Search Brian Tome. Special thanks to the band judges for the music. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.